Hey everyone, this is Lee from Asshole Eats, welcoming you to our podcast, The Kitchen Table. I'm your host, and I'll be talking to my fellow assholes about some food in the news, going through some of our more recent restaurant experiences, and having some of our own segments thrown in there. Anyway, thanks for joining us, and grab a seat. We'll see you at the table. Hey everyone, it is April 17th, 2017, Marathon Monday slash Patriots Day. I'm here again with Pat, our in-house snack specialist. Pat, how you doing, man? What's going on, Lee? Uh, Clancy obviously couldn't join us today because he's actually at Marathon Monday right now drinking his ass off, so kudos to him. At least Mass Elites has a presence there, am I right? Yeah, man. I hope he's he's out there having having himself a day. Oh, Pat, I th- we talked about it earlier. One of our friends is actually running the marathon, or actually ran the marathon right now. Yeah, our our uh, good buddy Ricky Sheehan is out there running. Yeah, so congrats to him. I think the ra- I think the race is done by now, but congrats to him. Hopefully he's... Hopefully he's having a couple beers on us. Clancy was actually supposed to meet him at the 25-mile marker and give him a beer to shotgun, so hopefully we'll have some pictures of that up. Anyway, for today's episode, we interviewed Joe from At The Roaming Foodie. A lot of you are probably familiar with his Instagram account. If you're not, awesome guy, great pictures. Uh, he's been on the game a little longer, and um, our interview was pretty informative. We learned a lot from him about how to grow on Instagram, and we've been following him for quite some time. And actually, Pat... Uh, we'll go over we'll go over it later, but he actually mentioned a lot of places in Rhode Island has a pretty underrated food scene. Yeah, I had a stint where I was job searching down in uh, Providence, so I was crushing some of the some of the food restaurants down that area, and uh, I could relate to his experience down there for sure. Yeah, I'm not surprised it has a food scene, but I'm surprised it has like a prominent one. But anyway, we'll be playing that interview, then we'll do a quick recap. Then Pat's got a lot of fun segments for us, so let's get to the interview. So now we're welcoming Joey of The Roaming Foodie to the kitchen table. We're going to be kicking this thing off with a few basic questions, then get into the fun stuff like some food in the news and a segment or two. Anyway, thanks for joining us, Joe. How you doing? I'm doing good tonight. How are you guys doing? Good. No good. complaints. Looking forward to talking to you, Joey. Yeah, definitely. I've been excited for this. So I think this is a good opportunity to really talk more about myself and my passions. So... You you were called the Roaming Foodie on Instagram. So tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got the name the Roaming Foodie. Yeah, so it's so like my job I work at, like I kind of travel all around New England, and I've always been one to kind of living in New Hampshire. I always want to check out all these places I see on TV. Like you know, I watch the Phantom Gourmet all the time. I'm like, oh, Rhode Island, I'd love to go there. I'm, but like, who's going to Rhode Island just for food randomly? So. Once I um, got this job, like, I found myself traveling to Rhode Island, Worcester, Springfield, Concord, Nashua, all these places. So I was like, you know, I'm traveling everywhere. I'm always, like, walking around, checking out places. I like walking and wandering and roaming in general. Just, like, it's fun to explore and find new little places. So um, when I was getting more serious about my Instagram, I was talking to my friend who actually, she's the one that kind of sparked even more the interest with an account called Cheat Day Eat, and she's like, oh, you could totally do that, Joey. So, like, one day we were just kind of, like, brainstorming some names, and I was like, oh, what do you think about these names and this name? And then, like, we were talking about how I have a passion for traveling and walking around. So, at first I was thinking, like, you know, wandering, because I like to wander, but I've already, I saw that was kind of used, and I didn't want to, like, copy that. So, I, like, wandering and roaming, those are kind of similar things. So, then that's when I kind of you know, I came up with, like, roaming foodie guy, roaming Italian, and then the roaming foodie. And um, me and my friend were like, oh, this sounds awesome. Just go with it. And, you know, at first I was like, maybe I'll come up with something better later. But I kind of stuck with it, and now it's kind of getting momentum. Yeah, no, it's uh, you've been doing a great job. I was uh, We were talking about before the show how great some of your photos are. 
So um, I think you talked a little bit about, about why you started it and all that stuff. So tell us a little, you know, tell us any cool stories that you've had while you've been out there wandering and, um, you know, looking for different places to eat. Yeah, so, um, well, one cool place, like, there's a place in Boston called Crush Pizza, and, um, you know, I know the owner really well, like, he used to have a place in Nashua, I'd always visit here and there, I'll always go stop by with him, so it was pretty cool, and he was, like, reaching out to me for Instagram advice, and I thought that was really cool, because I was like, oh, wow, like, people are coming to me now for this advice, when before I was asking everyone else just a few months ago, so um, he invited me to his new restaurant in Hudson, New Hampshire, just like a little pizza takeout place, and we sat down for like 45 minutes, and I just gave him some general tips on what I was doing, some good ways to um, grow followers, to build engagement, and then he gave me a steak and cheese tub for free, and that was pretty cool, because that was like <laughs> the first time an owner came to me, so I thought that was really cool. That is pretty cool, and I used to work at uh, work in the city, and I probably went to Crush Pizza and got their Hawaiian pizza probably two to three times a week. Um, they're the place that 900 degrees, right? They cook the pizza in 90 seconds. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's delicious. They make it right in front of you, so you're a lucky guy to know the owner, because you know I probably uh, I probably you know part of the reason that he was able to open up that new restaurant. Oh yeah, definitely. And um, I used to work off of Broad Street, so I would I would go there like once once or twice a month just to you know go see how things are going. I go after work, sit down and talk just like about the whole food industry, what places we like in Boston and everything. So it's always good to have those relationships with uh, restaurants. So do you have any other good places to eat in the city that I should, uh, that I should check out next time I'm there? So many places. Um, I'll run through like my top three for three different types of food. So I'll do my top two for pizza, and that would be um, Crush, Area 4 in South Boston, or the South End. That one's amazing. I think it's better than the one in um, Kendall or and then I would say um, pastoral. I like pastoral a lot as well. Got it. So my one thing uh, to you would be to hit up Boston Kebab if you've never been there. Best steak uh, steak tip subs that you could ever have. So if you're, it's right on Milk Street, right next to um, Pita Time. So if you're ever in the area, definitely make sure you hit up uh, Boston Kebab. Is that the one where they're seating downstairs? Correct. Yeah. Have you been there? I I'd been in there, but I never got food because the lines were always so long at lunchtime. So I'm like, uh, I don't have time for this right now. You got to call ahead. That's that's the key. Call ahead. Do you have any tips for us? Because we're always looking to grow and we're always looking to try out new things. Or any tips for anyone else trying to to get better in their craft? Yeah. So um, big thing I was doing in like the first two to three months is um, so I don't know. Some people say it's not the best policy or tactic, but so I was, like, going on, like, big accounts in Boston and just, so, like, looking, you know, someone like Lincoln Tavern, I would go through theirs, their followers or likes, whatever photo they posted, and I would just follow all the people that like that post because I figured, you know, those people are going to engage. They engage a lot. There's someone who probably wants to see this type of food that I'm posting. So that was one thing I did. I know some people say it's not good to do the whole following, unfollowing thing, but I think it's not the worst to do it when you're just starting off to kind of get a name for yourself. Um, that's one little thing I did. Another big thing is I would go through certain hashtags, like all of them from like the last 24 hours every day. So like Boston Foodies, I would go through that hashtag and like everyone's post through there and then try to comment on posts that had less than um, 30 likes because I feel like they would value um, likes and engagement more in comments. They would think, oh, this person's interesting. Hopefully they'll follow me back. 
And a similar thing is uh, the geotags. I would do the same thing, like all the posts from probably the last three months, because they're not as frequent, being not being a hashtag and more of a place. Same thing, like in comments. Usually comment on anything with 30 less likes. I'm I'm glad to know that uh, we definitely we use the same strategy of you know hashtags and places. The one thing that I will say that I don't do is uh, comment enough. So I will make sure that I start you know going on other places and definitely commenting. And you know when you say that places with pictures with less than 30 likes, you know that does make sense that they would appreciate it more. I remember when we first started out and people would comment on it, I would you know go to their page and comment back immediately. So. I'm gonna to have to get back to uh, get back to my roots and start commenting on more people's photos. So. Yeah, it's definitely valuable, I think, and it's the best way you're gonna build an authentic follower. I agree. Lee, what do you got? You want to talk about some news? Yeah, since uh, we were just talking about pizza, Joey. So we sent you a couple articles uh, through email. Yep. And uh, did you take a look at the uh, the pizza shoes? Yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. Another fun marketing. Ploy, but I want to know where my earbuds are that can order pizza because I wear earbuds all the time and I think that would be even more valuable just to tap on my ear like the new Bluetooth headphones, order me some pizza. Oh, that's a genius idea. You got to keep that one. Don't tell, uh, you know, Steve Jobs or anything or the new guy. That would be the next thing the iPhone, the next iPhone comes out. Order pizza from a tap from your headphones. Yeah. It's like, have you seen the things that Amazon has, like when you can click it and you can order, like, Tide, you know, laundry detergent? It's the same thing. You just need one in your house that, you know, can order you straight from uh, crushed pizza or something. Yeah, but my question is, how do they know what kind of pizza you want when you click the button? Yeah, I mean, I assume that you, you know, it's like connected to an app or uh, they just know. If you buy one of those pairs of shoes, they they know you. You're important, you know? Yeah, that's true. Uh, I can see myself uh, drinking a little too much and just pressing the button and getting impatient. So those, I I shouldn't get those, Clancy. Like if he was, you know, drinking too much, ordering them, he'd end up with like 10 pizzas. (laughs) Just pizzas, just covering the place, all pepperoni and cheese and who knows what. They have my card info, so they they don't don't care. They're just going to leave it at my doorstep and I'm just passed out. Yeah. (laughs) I passed out and there's a million pizzas. I would like, you know, if I couldn't have pizza shoes, I would definitely like someone like cheeseburger and fry shoes. You know, I'd like a couple different pairs to order me things, you know, on the go. So, yeah, is, for there anything you, is there anything, uh, type of shoes that you would want to, anything specialty that you could want ordered for yourself? Yeah, probably taco shoes. All right. I like that. Nice. And that. Like a tray of tacos just shows up to your door. Oh, yeah, that would be amazing. Tacos have been, like, my big thing lately, like, my favorite food. Glad you mentioned that, because that brings us into our other article, right, Clancy? Yeah, so go ahead, Lee. You can, uh, you can tell us a little bit about it. All right, so a little background. A uh, huge traffic jam around the Seattle area. Everyone was just stuck there. I think it was an accident or something. And then they noticed a taco truck was conveniently there, and they started doing business right there on the highway, and people loved it. And that's an awesome idea because, Clancy, I think we should finally go through with our plans to open up a food truck and just cause traffic jams. Genius idea, genius idea. So, Joey, why don't you tell us one of the most random places that you've uh, you've ended up eating a taco before buying a taco? Let's see, random place. Um, so, let's, I think it, I was in Providence. Uh, maybe a few months ago, and I wanted to go check out this place called, I think it's like Taluya's or Talaluya. It's supposed to be like, it's an amazing taco place, 
but then I was with this other person who knew the area, and he's like, oh, no, 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 you got to go to this little random shop in the hole in the wall where the tacos are a dollar or something. I think it's called, like, Restaurant Mexico Garibaldi, and it's just, like, this little old-fashioned Mexican restaurant, and prices were amazing, and I was, like, blown away. I got just, like, one. I got nachos, which were amazing, for, like, three bucks, and then a pork El Pastor taco for, like, a dollar, and I was like, why is this not everywhere? Like, this is such an amazing deal right now. I'm so excited. That's awesome. That's great. That sounds like it was a good, it was a good trip to, uh, to get tacos. So, all right, so we got a couple more questions for you. So I'm going to – we got two more. So I'll have one, and then Lee's got one more. So oh, actually, yeah, Clancy, before we get over this, I just yep. – I'm dying to talk to another pizza guy. Okay. So, Joe, oh. what, what, are your, uh, what are your opinions on pineapple on pizza? I hate it. If anyone ever gets Hawaiian pizza, I literally have to pick it all off. I'm like, why would you ever get Hawaiian pizza? Like, I hate pineapple on pizza. He's the best guest, Clancy, and that's funny because you mentioned you got uh, Hawaiian pizza from Crush all the time. Uh, yeah, I know. I love Hawaiian pizza. <laughs> I had to pizza. hold back on that. Oh, yeah. man, it's so good. No, pineapple. I like the it's, ham. It's so weird. Oh, no, it's delicious. I love pineapple on pizza, but, you know, do you? I also put, like, honey mustard, hot sauce, Caesar dressing, blue see, that's cheese, weird. and they, that's, that's psychopath behavior. See, they say I'm crazy. No, I do but. hot sauce and ranch. Hot sauce and ranch is definitely a big for pizza. Well, like Thousand uh, Island dressing and Caesar dressing. Nah, Scott's maybe some specialty pizza. Um, real quick though, I don't know if you guys have been up to a place in um, Dover called La Festa. No, they have incredible it. pizza. Probably one of the best pizza places in New Hampshire. Like, it's really my favorite. I used to go there all the time when I went to UNH, and their pizza is amazing. They have like all these fun. It's kind of like a crazy dough in a, in some sense. If you've been there, like where they have all different toppings and stuff, you go in there, you pick this slice and that slice. But great stuff. They have this pizza called the I think it's the Nighthawk or Nightwing pizza, and it's like a buffalo chicken pizza with jalapenos. And my cousin kept raving about it, so we got it last time I was there. It was amazing. And I don't care for jalapenos at all, but it was like the flavors combined perfectly. To top it off, the best thing there is the garlic knots. They're like out of this world. So like just flavorful, like the garlic and parmesan's all mixed in all the dough crevices. Oh, my God. That's where you need to get a good pizza. What is this place called again? My sister goes to UNH, so next time I uh, go up and visit her, I know where I'm going. Oh, yeah. La Festa. La Festa? Yep, La Festa. You got Amazing. it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go so, there on your recommendation. Oh, yeah. He knows and what then, he's talking about. He doesn't like pineapple on pizza, man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and also, if you're, in, if you're up in Durham at UNH, go to Lexi's Joint. That's right in downtown Durham. They do amazing burgers. They originated in Portsmouth. They're, so, they're wicked good, too. I haven't even been there. I haven't even been there since I've been serious about this Instagram thing. I've been meaning to go there, but I always get pulled to another restaurant when I'm up in that area. Uh, all right, so Lexi's and La Festa, I know where I'm going. So, um, all right, we got two final questions for you. So, well, I got three actually. So, have you been to have you been to Sweet New Hampshire? I know that you and Lee are going to be going there um, this upcoming week. This upcoming weekend, have you been there before? In Worcester? Yes, yeah, Sweet in Worcester. Uh, I've walked in there when I went to my favorite pizza place, um, Volturno's. Um, but I haven't been in, I haven't eaten there. I've only walked in to poke my head in, but I've been dying to go there. Like I want to get, I mean, I don't know if we'll be able to get it on Saturday, but they have like chicken and pancakes, I think it is, or something like that. Like, I'm like, that looks amazing. I want to try that. 
That's crazy. So, but Lee will take good care of you. He's been there a couple times, so uh, he knows what he's talking about. So, Joe, why don't you talk to us about some of your future plans as the uh, second-to-last question that we'll, uh, we'll throw at you. Awesome. So um, one thing that I'm working on right now that's exciting is um, I'm working with a graphic designer on creating a brand logo. So that's I think great. that's going to be the next step because I kind of want to like start creating business cards and be able to have that logo and something that's recognizable. So I can kind of approach restaurants more confidently and be able to like set up things and, you know, just, just build a relationship because I think building the relationship with the restaurants is important and that's really what I want to start working on. I just don't really, I don't have the skills or the guidance yet, so I need to learn how to get to that point. And that's what I really want to work on next. And then maybe a little bit further down with the whole branding and stuff, I can maybe create some sort of a website, maybe not just dedicated to blogging, but maybe more of a like hub for everything for Instagram foodies in the New England area. Perfect. That sounds great. It sounds like you uh, you got a lot on your plate, so I'm uh, I'm looking forward to see how you grow. So, Lee, hit him with the final question. All right, Joe, we're going to end this with a fun one. I read an article a while back about prisoners and their last meals and how some states would allocate a certain budget, right? Yeah. So let's say, God forbid, you're in that situation and you're in the state of Florida and they give you $40, but you can have anything that you want. What do you think you're buying? $40. Yep. Okay, let me think. I never thought of this question in my life. I'm just always thinking what I'm going to eat next. It's a little different when it's your last one. I know, because it's like, what would be the last thing I want to eat? I mean, there's that and this. I mean, I think it's going to be something Italian, that's for sure being Italian, and now it's stuck between two things, uh, nice Neapolitan prosciutto mozzarella pizza or um, a, a pasta carbonara with um, shaved truffle on top. I do love carbonara, so I can, I can, uh, I can agree on that one. Yeah. I'm probably going to go with the carbonara with shaved truffle on top. That's just, someone posted that the other day on Instagram, and I'm like, I need to have that because I love carbonara. There you go. All right, good choice. I like it. All right, All right now here's gonna, the second yeah, here's part. A, yeah, I'm really going to tie your hands behind your back for this one because in Minnesota, the budget is only $15. So does that change your answer? Are you getting something else? What are you, what are you thinking, Joe? I'm going with, uh, I mean, if the budget's cheaper, I, ooh, let's see. I can probably go with the Neapolitan brick oven pizza with ham instead of prosciutto. Because Prosciutto is probably going to bump it up to about like seventeen, eighteen dollars. There you go. Good call. That was that was that was creative right there. Moving, uh, changing the the meats. All right, I like that. Speaking outside the box, I like it. So, Joey, it was great having you on. This was a blast. Do you have any final thoughts, shout-outs, plugs that you wanna you wanna give to anybody? Yeah. So, I want to give a shout out to uh, Brunches of Boston. They're um, the owner, Allie, is the one who basically gave me all this knowledge and kind of helped me out with all this. So I think, you know, she's really doing good stuff with her um, site. She's, like, having these workouts and brunches in Boston every weekend. It's really getting big with that. So, I mean, I without her all help, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. So I think that's important. That's great. Yeah, no, we've uh, we've followed her pages. Her, It's awesome. One of these days after all this eating, I'm going to have to go to one of her uh, workout classes in the morning. Yeah. So. I keep wanting to go, but it's you know it's in Boston. We're not in Boston, so it's like yeah, be a day trip for sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, you got anything else for us, Joe? Mm, I think that's all. 
Awesome. Simple. Perfect. Lee, you want to close this out, buddy? Yeah, man. That was Joe from at the Roaming Foodie. Be sure to follow his Instagram. Definitely check out his page. He's got some great photos on there. And we look forward to watching him grow. Joe, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Have a good one. All right. So that was Joe from the Roaming Foodie. Super nice kid. Very informative. Like his name suggests, obviously he was a born traveler. He called himself that. Um... It's just surprising. I We went over it a little in the intro. Pat, what are some good places in Rhode Island that you've been to? So I've actually wrote about two places on our, our Instagram, and one of them actually made it to our website. I've been to Harry's Burger Bar, which do, they don't do your typical burger. They do sliders. Oh, I love sliders. Yeah, and they're they're very good. And they have this kryptonite aioli sauce that they give you on the side. Um, I mean, you can obviously put that on the slider or use it with the fries. So good. And for some reason, Jack Black is all over the Instagram. So I guess whenever he's in town. Like Jack Black, like the, the actor, comedian guy? Yeah, so a little bit of a name drop for them is like he's just always in there hanging out, eating their food. So, <laughs> And then the other place I went to, Bucktown in Providence, that made our website and I did a full-fledged blog on them. Uh, they're really good. They do Southern comfort style food. It's it's definitely becoming a more popular trend that I've noticed to see more, you know, Southern styled food. Uh, they have like catfish, po'boys, banana pies, collard greens, anything you would expect to eat at a Southern. Yeah, I mean, uh, that, yeah, you and Joe are the probably the only two people who've ever told me Rhode Island has a food scene. So we gotta, we gotta, we definitely gotta check it out and have them more on the gram. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. And you know what? It's not that far of a drive too. It's about an hour from Boston. Um, it's not, we just never go to Providence, right? Yeah. There's the, I mean, Providence is just like one of those places you never, never imagine yourself going down there for anything, but the food, the food all around is great. And you know what? It is summer. Maybe we'll make our way down there. Yeah. We throw, throw a couple trips on the calendar. Yeah, let's see us at the Cadillac Lounge or whatever. Maybe, <laughs> but, maybe I'll cut that out. Maybe I'll leave it. With in. the Who Patriots knows? players, that's where, that's where they hang out after the big games. Yeah, I just want an autograph. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Joe, it, it was nice talking to another Instagrammer because his advice kind of confirmed what we've been doing. You know, hashtags are important. Definitely look. We should definitely look at geotags more often. Yeah, I'm just in the routine of using the same hashtags, and I know you've definitely yelled at me for that. I guess, you know, I guess they're important. It's just, we just have like, there's just so many that we need to use. Well, the thing is, so like, I think all these foodie Instagrammers do the same thing as, you know, you and Clancy and they copy the same hashtags. But if you're writing a post about a place, you know, out in California, you're going to do Worcester Eats. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> Worcester people <laughs> need feel, to know about California. If you, if you want to get that outreach out to California, you need to do California based hashtags. I guess, you know, I'll, I'll do some more research on our hashtags, but it don't, I already have like a copy paste 20 like hashtags and then like I'll add another 10 that's like unique to the place. But Joe and uh, Joe and you go all out for those. So maybe I'll get some inspiration from those. Oh, yeah. Uh, funny piece of news that we talked about in the thing. We kind of brushed over it in the actual interview. We were talking about the pizza shoes, Pat. I don't know if you saw the news article. It was from a while ago. Yeah, I think it was Adidas that had like a joke pair of shoes that were like, where normally you would press the uh, little pump button, it actually orders pizza to your house. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's actually going to be a thing, and I think it was just like a joke. So it's like they they have one of those Amazon. They yeah, have one of those Amazon yeah, buttons. We went, yeah, Clancy said that in the uh, in the thing. Actually, it's like having one of those yes. Amazon things that you just press. But like you're out in town, you went to Coogan's, and like you're you're hungry. Like how many times are you gonna press the 
press a damn button on your shoe. Until I get a slice of pizza. So that thing is going off. It goes off on your card, dude. That's the worst thing. I know. Well, how does this work? So is it 24 hours a day they're serving up pizza to you guys? I have no idea. I think it was either a concept or a joke, but we need a pizza button. I know that's for sure. Maybe not a pair of shoes. Well, how technology is going, I just feel like at this point you press the button, all of a sudden a drone comes out of nowhere 24 hours a day, whenever you want, and drops a pizza off right in front of you. Don't they have drone deliveries somewhere? I think... uh, Amazon has it in certain locations, and then it's it's been in the news. Yeah, food places are starting to pick up on it. For I need delivery. drone strike delivery, man. That that sounds awesome. Oh yeah. Uh, one one part that I loved about Joe because oh, so Pat, you were obviously gone when we did the interview. I haven't spoken to you in three weeks. I don't know your thoughts on this, but I know Clancy loves his pineapple on pizza. But Joey, you know the smart man that he is, hates it. No, I don't. I don't think fruit belongs on pizza Does ever. It? I'm totally against that. It's such that. a weird consistency and a weird flavor mix. I'm an outspoken against pineapple on pizza person. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> you know why I think it's become popular? Because Ryan Reynolds in Deadpool has pineapple on pizza. Well, I just I I think it's like one of those things where people people don't haven't like aren't satisfied with regular plain pizzas. It's like now we need to throw on crazy toppings like pineapple. I do like toppings on pizza, like a shitload of toppings. I just can't I can't stomach pineapple on it, man. It's too sweet. It doesn't belong on cheese. I just don't agree with The flavors with it. don't mix. No, not at all. Closing this off since we're on the topic of pizza. So you lived with Clancy in college, right? <laughs> yeah, I did for a single single, single but long okay, year. I'm sure it was magical. Uh, have you ever seen him eat pizza and put like a ton of sauce on it? Like different kinds of dressings and sauces on it? Now, I don't know if this is a thing that he just randomly picked up, but he was saying the other day about how he's... Just going into Market Basket and buying all these different sauces, and he's dumping his pizza. So in. Like, I doesn't matter what the sauce. I is. drank a ton with Clancy recently in Manchester. You were actually there, but uh, I think you were gone when we ordered pizza at like two in the morning. I had a later night than you guys, but I came. I came home, and it was like it was like a war zone. There was like open pizza boxes, you know, crusts everywhere, and then just bottles of sauce and i just didn't understand yeah, it at i all. was sitting down to eat and he has like he brings out like caesar dressing long, thousand island dressing honey mustard like all this random stuff and i'm like no i'm 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 good and he just looks at me like i have two heads and meanwhile he's just like he's dumping all of it he's making a pool of different sauces on pizza and I'm, I, he's a crazy man very weird like i had this friend in high school who used to dump his pizzas in ranch dressing and i used to think that that's weird and now that like buffalo Buffalo chicken pizzas becoming a more popular uh, pizza item. It it seems more normal to me now, but like Thousand Island dressing and like that's I, freaking I weird. I don't understand how. Yeah, absolutely. But anyway, Joe, you know, hates pineapple. Doesn't agree with Clancy's methods on pizza. I mean, he likes hot sauce, and I can understand hot sauce, but like Thousand Island, that's that's some psychopath territory. Clancy's a madman. I just <laughs> he is a madman. Joe is not. That was the roaming foodie. Awesome guy. His pictures are freaking awesome, too. Have you seen him? Yeah, man. I was just browsing through his his feed, and he's got some great yeah, photos. Yeah, we need to hit him up for some tips. And actually, to to try to, you know, spin him back to the whole Providence thing, him and myself actually hit uh, this unreal donut place in Providence called Providence Donut, and they have literally the craziest donuts you've ever seen. Oh, no way. Yeah, they have like a... They have like a fruity pebbles donut. Oh, I've seen the. Oh man, yeah, donuts are, donuts are like a recent kind of trend, right? Because everyone like 
there's a lot of like niche donut places uh, around here now. I think Canes, Canes and Saugus was one of the first ones to yep. do it. Uh, they were coming out with, you know, the specialty donuts. And I think all of these places around here, you know, caught the hint that Canes was doing so well and started matching that the same. Uh, you know what? One day we should make a donut of our own, Pat. Yeah, I'd have to sit on what flavors, but it's it wouldn't be pineapple and it wouldn't be pizza. That's for sure. I, think, I don't want to rain your parade. I think pizza donuts are a thing. They are a thing, but I'm saying my flavor is not going to be a, a pizza pineapple Oh, no, donut. it's got to be something where it's like got melted marshmallows and other crap all over it. Oh, man, that sounds great. Yeah. Anyway, that was Joe from The Roaming Foodie. Awesome guy. Super nice kid. I met him actually at one of the foodie dinners, so hopefully we have him on again. Pat, I believe you have a few segments for us since Easter just happened and today is actually Marathon Monday. Yes, so uh, I'm going to start this off with Easter. It's going to be one of our holidays segments. Holidays is going to be anything related around the holidays. You know, National Food Days, your typical holidays, and maybe... I'm trying to think of what else would, would revolve around that. What do you got for me, Lee? Uh, Cinco de Mayo. Can you put Mexican food on Cinco de Mayo or are we just going to put margaritas on it? I think probably margaritas. So when that comes up, we'll, we'll have we'll have something to talk about then. But I, I'm just going to go over, you know, your typical Easter family dining. And most importantly, our top top four rankings for Easter candies. All right, I can't wait for this. As you know, I've never really had an Easter dinner or an Easter day. Yesterday, me and yesterday. Yeah, that, that's, that's yeah, crazy. Yesterday, I just watched Star Wars with my dad the whole time. It was awesome. I mean, my family doesn't go too crazy either, but we still have like your typical hammed mashed potatoes and veggies dinner so sounds like a wonderful meal i just can't believe you do nothing do you did you get an easter basket when you were a kid Uh, no and i felt oh very left out because kids would show that's awful show up to school with like chocolate bunnies and i had no idea what the hell was going on yeah i feel like i mean were you getting picked on i feel like kids i wasn't getting picked on but like you could be damn sure i was jealous of everything because like do you remember how giant those chocolate bunnies are (laughs) Yeah, yeah, those they're, they're huge, huge now, and we're like adult men. Imagine how big they are in the hands of like a five year old. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. So like in school, like kids would just have candy for like two weeks, and I'd just be sitting there with like a lunchables and like feeling like a jackass. Well, that's the greatest thing about Easter too. So I, in some ways, think it's better than Halloween because Halloween you need to go to door to door and do a lot of work to get your candy. But if you celebrate Easter, you're waking up to you know wherever your Easter bunny puts your easter basket and you already have the candy all there where did, and most of it's where good did this tradition of uh easter candy come from pat do you know i i, I could not tell all you. right because i'm pretty sure they didn't have chocolate bunnies in jesus's time it has yeah it has something to do with jesus and then all of a sudden it got turned into this rabbit showing up to people's houses and dropping off candy <laughs> all right, fair enough anyway let's get to uh let's get to your power rankings all right so i did a top four we can go back and forth in this i'm gonna start on number four i did chocolate bunnies chocolate bunnies is so low on the list because typically they're hollow and i think it's like oh are they well, hollow? Some, some of them are some of them aren't so it's like a big trick like you never know if you're gonna get a hollow one or not oh that must suck as a kid yeah so that's why i ranked it as a number four Wait, are they like are they like those hollow eggs where they're filled with like sweet tart candy? Or are they they're just, just hollow. hollow? There's nothing in them. Oh, that so sucks. It that's depends a, that's... on the brand and the company, but sometimes you get a hollow, hollow uh, chocolate bunny, and not a good time. That's disappointing. All right, let's uh, let's get to your next number couple. three. I kind of I kind of mash these two together, but like you're usually getting a mix between marshmallow eggs or peanut butter eggs. I think both of those are great. So I just I just put those together. I like the peanut butter eggs. 
Don't know about marshmallow, but I guess this is an this is Easter themed candy, so I guess I I guess I kind of got. I think marshmallow's a little hit, a little bit ahead of the peanut butter eggs, and then number two, I have you know the famous Cadbury eggs. Ah, Cadbury egg! You wrote an awesome blog about those. Yeah, man the the cad the Cadbury Oreo eggs they're only available in uh, Canada, unfortunately. Which you you like true detective the crap out of that story too. I remember you were checking out like online forums and checking back like backlog. Yeah, Twitter. the story went back two years ago about some some guy over in the UK tweeting at Cadbury, being like, "How about you give us these?" And it was a picture of an Oreo mashed into a half-eaten Cadbury egg. And lo 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 and behold, they they released them in Canada and nowhere else. So, <laughs> Pat. That was probably the first and only time I've ever seen you apply yourself, and you can do amazing things when it happens. So we need you to do that. Snack accidents, often. man. That's 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 my thing. Love doing that that undercover investigation work about snacks. Yeah, you should have been a police detective. <laughs> what do we uh, What do we got for number? So one? number one, although I'm kind of conflicted about throwing it as number one. Oh, you yeah, saw man. I, I'm all right, at your so list right I put now. peeps, but the only reason why I put peeps. Not because they're good, but because you recognize the holiday of Easter with candy peeps. Like, there's nothing else to say about that. Uh, chocolate bunnies could have been number one then. Yeah, I mean, but I, I feel like Easter peeps is what it's known for. All right, answer me honestly. How many peeps did you have yesterday? I had none. So I... Yeah, see? But so... that's, that's for other reasons. You know, I'm, I'm trying to get, get my life together. I got a big month coming up of... You know, Kentucky Derby in Vegas, so it's more about the diet and not about eating peeps. I probably would have had eight hundred of them if I had if I had the choice. I don't even want to eat peeps. They're uh, like we said we, we mentioned it even the last podcast, right? Yes. Yeah, th- so this isn't like a shameless plug. This is legitimately your yeah, list. I mean, I mean but there's there's nothing else to say. Like if you if somebody came up to you and was like, What candy do you think aligns with Easter? You're going to say peeps. Like, yeah, chocolate, chocolate bunnies, but I, I, I just think peeps is like the overall recognized candy of Easter. In in respect of your holiday themed list, I guess I'll agree. Being a number one on that and list, no one likes peeps to, though. To I'm be, convinced to no be one fair likes though, peeps. peeps this year came out with a. Uh, they had like chocolate covered peeps, and those those actually weren't half bad. They gotta do something, Pat. They've been having the same formula for like I don't know however many years they've been around. It's either yellow or pink. And then they had, they had, like, they went from, like, the little chickadees to actual bunnies. But it's the same thing, you know? And then I actually I actually had an honorable mention I threw on this list. And I did I did jelly beans. And not because, again, nope. not because nope. I like jelly beans. Although there are some very good jelly bean flavors out there. But I've never liked but jelly beans, But I just think Pat. jelly beans is another candy that just kind of aligns with everything that's Easter. Oh, man. You should have went over this list with Clancy because I, one, I don't have a sweet tooth as it is. And two, I have a problem with peeps and jelly yeah, beans. Yeah, well, hey, man, I'm right there with you. I don't really like either one, but I think they, they deserve to be talked about on an Easter candy list. I never really associate them with Easter, but I guess I can see because they're all multicolored. I, right? I'm like I'm like opening up your horizons right now, talking about these Easter candies because you never you never celebrated. <laughs> and then I had a WTF I threw on the list. So we have an honorable mention is something that deserves to be talked about, and then a WTF, which is something that shouldn't be talked about. Oh yeah, what do you got for us? Bunny candy corn. I never liked candy corn either. <laughs> I, it's an Easter candy. I don't know what to tell you. The thing is, I don't know how it makes it to any list at all. So I, I was I was out there doing my research, and I found multiple articles that had this bunny candy corn, and I'm like, I've never seen this before in my entire life. 
bunny candy corn. So it's just candy corn in the shape of a bunny. Am I am I right in assuming that? Halloween has the candy corn, which is very popular, and I'll actually eat that around Halloween time. And you know, it's something where I think if you just take a few, you can't stop eating them. Mm-hmm. But now we have the bunny candy corn, which is the same thing, just. That sounds Yeah, but it's just different colors. It's just like pink and green and blue and yellow. And it's just like, I've never seen these before. I'm not down with it. I don't like change, Pat. Yes. It's it's a Halloween treat. How it ends up in the Easter list is beyond me. Yeah, candy corn is definitely Halloween. You say Halloween, I'm, I'll agree with you. It's like a top five on Halloween. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, whatever company makes the candy corn is like, we got to sell this whatever's left over from Halloween somewhere else. So they just like dye them it's molded into shit yeah, dye them different colors and like here we go easter time <laughs> i think peeps peeps must be like the same company because they do the same thing for other holidays you know i might not be looking carefully enough but i don't think i've ever seen peeps in the grocery aisle or i just never i never go down the candy aisle anyway yeah i mean they're they're definitely hidden in the candy aisle on the off off seasons <laughs> all right next for expiration date two easters ago those things, those things are probably like uh, the Twinkie. They just never expire. You can eat them 100 years from now. All right. Does that do it for your Easter holidays yes, uh, run through? Yes. Uh, we, we cleared up the top four of uh, my Easter candies. So that's... All right. Solid list. I don't... Obviously, I won't agree with a few of them, but it is an Easter-themed list. So I'll leave it yeah. alone. We got... Uh, I think you have Patriots slash uh, Marathon Monday. Marathon right? Monday. Yes. Yeah. What do we so got, So for man? all you lucky people that have off, so mm. we're, we're going to talk about how you might... Prepare for this day, this big day off. Some of the bars you, or which are more enjoyable to watch the marathon from. And that's, they're, not, they're not necessarily in Boston because obviously the Boston Marathon goes. Yeah, these these follow the route, yes. right? Yes. Okay. So yeah, I think this list starts off in Framingham and then it goes by like mile markers, which is pretty cool. Uh, I looked through the list earlier. I recognize a lot of the names, Pat. I, I'm guilty of not going to a lot of them. Probably any of them, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, same here, man. I, I've... I've recognized a few of them, but then again, these are bars that people probably only go to once a year, you know? All right, let's get to the list, and then I'll uh, I'll give my own list of bars that you should go to for the Yeah, we got a little spin on that. Um, so, uh, anybody in the Framingham, I've actually heard of this bar before, and it's the Forest Sports Bar. I've been to the Forest, actually. I remember it now. Nice place. I don't think I'd ever go there again, but then again, when the hell am I in frame? Just again? after mile six, they're opening up at 8 a.m. with $5 pizza, Bloody Marys, and a full menu available. So You know what? Now that you mentioned that, Pat, are Bloody Marys any good? I've never I am, one. I'm not a fan. I'm going to sound like a hater during this episode, but Bloody Marys, I don't really... It's like tomato juice. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a fan. I don't know how it became a hangover remedy. I'd rather have yeah, like mimosas would be a fine. Well, that's what I was just about to say. That I'd rather have a mimosa any day over a Bloody Mary. Yeah, it just looks like a really thick. I think but the thing with Bloody Marys is they become so popular because girls just like to Instagram pictures of their drinks with you know a burger attached to it and a celery in it. Yeah, Bloody Marys have been getting. Crazy. Yeah, because what they do is they do Bloody Mary bars nowadays. They've become popular and you make your own Bloody Mary and you put all your toppings on it. So you could have a hamburger coming out of the coming out of the top of it yeah i've definitely seen those, on a stick, a yeah. <laughs> those. all right what else we got we have the public house in brookline i've been there before and it's great great food there 
Um, they have a great crowd over there, and yeah, so it seems. I'm looking at a picture of it now. It seems like a fun place to drink at, even even if it wasn't uh, marathon. And I'm day. so this next one I'm I'm mentioning because they open up at 7 a.m., which is absolutely wild. Awesome. I don't I don't awesome. know how they get away with that, but you know, good for them. <laughs> And uh, they're actually over at mile 25, which is pretty much towards the end of the, the marathon. Oh, that place. And they have a right spacious now. patio. So, like, I, I can't I can't say I love anything more than a bar with an outside area when the weather's nice. There's just nothing better about mm-hmm. that. And, you know, you're out there on maybe one of the biggest, like, positive days out there in Boston. So, a uh, place called Eastern Standard, Yes, right? sir. It's on Commonwealth Ave in Boston. Yeah, they have a great outside patio, and they have a nice raw bar there for you. Definitely looks a little more upscale than what we're than what we're I, used to. It 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 is for sure. Some some of the bars on this list are a little bit more upscale, Pat. I'm not. Gonna well, that's lie. why we have our own list, so we can we can tell you all the where all the degenerate drinkers and college culture, kids go to. Yes. Shop. <laughs> and then uh, I think mentioned maybe one or two more. We'll go with. Uh, McGreevy's and Whiskey's, which are both on Boylston Street, like pretty much right next to each other. Th- these are both at mile 26. So if you're looking to get close to the end of uh, the marathon or you have a somebody running the marathon that you know, this is a great spot to get a couple, you know, drinks to go on in when you go before you. Yeah, I mean, Whiskey's looks like a typical dive bar and there's nothing wrong with that. I love dives. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to a dive bar, typically the drinks are cheaper. So that's how it works. Both of these places open up at 8 a.m. So I, I swear to God. So like every every place on this list is opening before 10. And I don't know. Maybe that's just like an unspoken Boston rule that they can get away with serving booze that early. <laughs> I didn't even know you could serve booze before 10. Well, that's what I'm saying. I, th- I think I've been to bars at 10 before. Because you got to think if you're if you're opening up for brunch, you got to be selling some booze. Yeah, yeah, mimosas and bloody. But these Mary's these places like, full full ASAP. fledged bars at eight a.m. So that's just crazy. I think it's got to be like just looked over for the day. Yeah, maybe. I'm, it's marathon Monday, man. You gotta be you gotta be cool if you're if you're uh, if you're a cop or something. Oh like yeah. That. And these are both Irish pubs. Um, you know, you can expect to see cheaper drinks, menu, bar food. Of course, they both have a good selection of TVs, which is awesome. Because you know, although they are on mile twenty six. It's gonna be hard to see the marathon over all those people. Yeah, and that and that's where like I think that's where our list picks up. Yes, because okay, yeah. So here's my thing: you're if you're at a bar, dude, and you're like concentrating on watching the marathon, you're not exact. Your time is being split up. Your focus is being split up. You're not having a good time. Not having a good time. I can I can have as much time with my friends watching a sports event on TV while slugging a few beers back. Which is why I think my list begins with the infamous Coogans in Boston, which sells dollar Bud Light drafts, has a bunch of TVs. You can sit around and just hang out with your friends any day, any time of day. I think they should sponsor us at this point because we've talked about them like so many times. But I've I've messaged them before. (laughs) I'm going to keep messaging them. Keep at it. One of these days we'll get an official sponsor from Coogans. By the way, stealthily really good food. Yes, for sure. Uh, they have they do like a barbecue pulled pork pizza there. That's awesome. Their nachos are great. I did not know they even had a kitchen pad. Yeah, <laughs> well, the thing is, most people aren't going there to eat food. You're you're going you're going there on an afternoon to watch some sports games, like today. So another reason to go there today would be to watch the Sox game. So 
people go there to watch sports and drink dollar beers. So why don't you pick it pick it up from there? What other bars you got? So I'm actually to? gonna mention Vanderbilt Kitchen and Bar. So this is kind of a more it's a more upscale spot. Um, but same thing, you know, it's right around the corner from Coogan's. They have a great selection at the bar. You know, drinks are a little bit more priced, but to make up for that, they're going to have better food and the TVs are going to be a little bit easier to watch. And Vanderbilt's known for hosting events like this. So that's why I threw them on on the list. So that's why I threw Vanderbilt on there. Good food, you know, good selection of uh, drink drinks on the menu. And they have a great, great atmosphere for events like this in general. Yeah, great stuff. Uh, I think I'll add another one. I like Bell and Hand, Pat. Yeah, Bell and Hand is, is a good good choice. Over at Faneuil Hall. I like Bell and Hand. Yeah, Bell and Hand's one of my favorites. I don't go there often enough. I think the only times I end up going there are during that Santa crawl and then like random bar crawls, which happen every weekend in Boston. Yes. Um, I've been there twice, and I think that was one of the times as well. But I, I do like Bell and Hand. It's, it's got a great atmosphere. You know, it is a two-story bar. Um, I do believe they open up the upstairs today just because of how crazy it's going to be in Boston. Oh, is that upstairs not always open? No, I think they they limit it depending on, you know, what's going on during the day. Uh, oh, man, that's every time I've been there, the upstairs is open and it's mm-hmm. awesome. Upstairs is great. They usually have a DJ. They get a bunch of TVs, uh, full service bar, everything. Great atmosphere. Great atmosphere. You got anything else to add? So on my last list, one, I'm, I'm going to mention uh, two bars over at Fenway. Game On over at Fenway, which is a nice, nice little bar and Baseball Tavern, which... I, I'm an outspoken person. I love Baseball Tavern. They have the roof deck, which you can actually see Fenway and the Sox play from. Um, and with the roof deck, there's actually like a TV or two behind the bar. So if you're trying to catch a little bit of the marathon. I have been to Baseball Tavern once, and it is one of the most drunk I've ever been. <laughs> yeah. Well, the other good thing about Baseball Tavern and Game On is their drinks are cheaper. So... <laughs> We were on the roof, I think. You went. You were with that's, us. That's we the best the thing about the place the is the roof. And that's why I would... Especially when it's nice yeah, out. I would throw it on this list. You know, the Sox game's going. Everybody's going to be over at Fenway going crazy. Nothing better than being on a roof deck, being able to watch the Sox, having a couple $3 Coors lights. <laughs> yeah. Keep, keep in mind, any of these recommendations are for you and a group of friends. It's going to suck if you're just by yeah, yourself. Yeah, I mean... Like, these these aren't meant for just definitely you. Definitely not. <laughs> I threw uh I threw Game On in Fenway over there too, which is right down the street of uh, Lansdowne. Never been to Game On. Game On is great because they actually do uh they do games there, so they'll have pong and they'll have uh oh I've been looking for a bar that does games. Yeah, well that's why it's called Game On. They're known for doing you know ping pong, pool table, and then what's that game with the hacky sack that you throw? I'm drawing a blank right now. Hard cornhole. Cornhole, yes. So they do those type of tournaments all the time, and this bar is absolutely... Oh, shit, dude. We should go. Yeah, and they have like they have like 30 TVs. Like, it's great. So you, you can catch the game and the marathon at the same time. Yeah, it's not too late. I mean, it's only... uh We're recording now, Monday, 2.40 p.m. We can we can head over now and catch catch the... Yo, see you at 5 <laughs> for Cornhole. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I think that does it for... Uh, that does it for our list, right? <laughs> yeah, I... You know, that was... We gave them about four or five more more realistic bars to go to, you know, if you're along the route of of the marathon and then we gave a couple of our a couple of our bars sprinkled in there. If you want to be fun, yeah. you know, go to our <laughs> list, but if you want to, you know, actually experience a marathon, you want to be a part the of the overall marathon experience. You go to those first couple ones that I had mentioned. Anyway, I think that does it for our episode, right? Yes, Pat? sir. 
Anyway, that does it for our episode today. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Be sure to keep listening to our podcast. They'll be out every week. Definitely follow Joe from The Roaming Foodie. Definitely follow our blog, our Instagram, and everything else. Uh, I think next week we'll, we'll have a full crew with you and Clancy, right? Yeah, hopefully hopefully we can get it together for the folks at home and uh, get all three of us on the airwaves at the same time. Yeah, definitely. It'll be a blast. Anyway, everyone, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week at the table. See Peace. you guys.